0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special issue of, of Leaf's podcast. I am delighted to be joined today by our assurance manager, Lucy Redmore, and we are a couple of weeks into our extremely important Leafmark Standard version 16.0 draft public consultation. And we're going to be just outlining the process of the Leafmark consultation and how to get involved. We will outline the main proposed changes within this version and just really have a little explore around why public consultation of the Leafmark standard is so important and how Leaf acts upon the feedback that it receives. Good morning, Lucy. Good morning, Justine.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Lucy, can we just kick off by a very, very basic question? Can you tell us what the Leafmark standard is?
1: Maybe a basic question, but it's really important. So, essentially, the Leafmark standard is the set of requirements that a business needs to achieve in order to be Leafmark certified. It's based on the principles of integrated farm management. So, essentially, If you're Leafmark certified, then you're implementing these principles of integrated farm management as ensured through the Leafmark standard. I think the interesting thing about it is the formatting in terms of that, yes, it is a linear document. We have sections on each section of integrated farm management, but what we try to do within that is encourage those highlighting those interlinkages between those different sections. So, yes, you have a water management plan, but actually that has impacts on your nutrient management plan and your soil management plan. And that's what we're trying to communicate as well as principles such as site-specific approaches and also continuous improvement.
0: So the Leafmark Standard is really the Bible which we are asking our Leafmark certified growers to follow.
1: You could use a religious analogy if you like. Yes, absolutely. But essentially in its core, yes, that's what it is. Thank you.
0: So we're reviewing it. We are looking at version 16.0. How often does the leafmark standard get reviewed, Lucy?
1: So the approach that we take is almost splitting it down into two sections. So every five years, we review the standard to see if it actually needs revision. So we'll see... If we're delivering against our intended impacts, what we've achieved since the last version was published, and also what the industry needs are. And then if we feel like it's necessary, then we'll move on to the next stage, which is the revision stage. And that's where we actually go into the process of researching topics, making amendments to the standard, and and as we are in now, the public consultation. So with this most recent version, essentially when we publish the last standard, we went straight into another revision stage because we reviewed the information we had at that time and felt that given the the rapid progression of the industry, we, in the next three years, we're we're going to need another standard. And there were some topics that we'd identified in our research for publication of version 15 that we felt we needed more time to do them justice and include in version 16, particularly, for example, carbon. It's such a rapidly changing industry and there's so much conversation and narrative but equally there's still a lot of confusion around what is the right approach to have and that was felt even more so three years ago so we decided at the publication of version 15 to go into another revision period and after the publication of version 16 we'll see how things go see what the industry's like at a minimum we'll, we'll review it within five years but we do it depending on industry need our need and how the system is progressing really
0: So is there a body that is overseeing leaf mark certification really to ensure that we are following best practice in terms of keeping our standard robust and relevant?
1: Yes, absolutely. So we are a code compliant member of the ICL Alliance. So this is an international membership organisation for sustainability standards. And they have three codes of good practice, which inform essentially our whole direction as a standard setter. And they keep us accountable to making sure that we are doing things in the right process. So one of their codes is the standard setting code. And that informs all of our processes in our approach to standard setting. So we have a standard setting procedure that aligns with the code of best practice. And that's where we have all of these processes defined. So for example, the five year review at a minimum to see if the standard needs revision. That's an ICL code. Equally the, we currently have the public consultation and an ICL code is that it's 60 days minimum. So it really makes sure that we are doing things in the best possible way and it's also, you know, it's only right that Leafmark gets assessed too. As much as, you know, we require certified businesses to have an audit, we get assessed independently by ICL to make sure that we're complying with these codes. It's a lot of work to do that, but we hugely value that because it makes sure that we are on the right track to doing things in the best possible way we can. And it also sets us aspirational goals and we can learn from what other ICL code compliant members do too. So it's both a tool to make sure we're doing things correctly but also a mechanism for us to learn from others and keep our minds open to ways that we can do things better.
0: So just as we we ask our growers to continually improve so are we in a sense.
1: Yeah absolutely it's called not only to our outputs of integrated farm management but everything within Leafmark is continuous improvement and improvement feedback loops is probably the terminology that we use within leafmark um, rather than continuous improvement but it's all the same thing it's all just reflecting on what we're doing and thinking about how we can do it better
0: continuous improvement loops lucy that's that's
1: a bit of a mouthful isn't it feedback loops positive negative they're all there can get as complicated as you want them to get
0: uh, right, let's let's get into the nitty gritty a bit, Lucy. Can you outline the main proposed changes in the latest version that we're consulting on?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and we we found these changes by consultation with our stakeholder groups, discussion with our technical advisory committee and learnings from the IFM team and also previous consultations and and standards. But some of the core topics that we focused on in version 16, firstly, is is carbon, as I mentioned previously. What we did for, for carbon is we wanted to reflect on what we were already doing. And I think in this, it's interesting how the terminology around carbon has changed significantly. But when we reviewed what we were doing, we'd always been doing the practices associated with carbon neutral and and net positive. But we hadn't perhaps used the language in a way that was recognised in the current narrative of carbon. So we have strengthened that we've collated everything that, that we do do but we've also strengthened our language so for example one thing that we are requiring for version 16 is that greenhouse gas emissions are monitored through carbon footprinting tools again our approach is just recognizing how important it is to understand that benchmark and that baseline of greenhouse gas emission footprint and that can be used to inform decisions that's carbon but obviously a massive project and that's something that i would Envisage being a project for every single standard development. We're not stopping there. We're saying this is what's right at this time. There's still more to be done and still more to be understood, I think, a lot too. So that will be coming up in future revisions too. Other things we focus on plastics. Again, that was another topic that was very much in the public awareness. And as we all know, public awareness drives a lot of change in, you know, in 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 a good way. And it's great to have that discussion that can drive forward that. But what we need to do with plastics is really balance that there is a role for plastics and they're not necessarily a good or bad thing. And we wouldn't want to attribute, you know, a negative or positive connotation with something that is complex and has a role. So Our approach is about recognising where it's unavoidable, minimising impact, looking for alternatives where possible and just having that that mindset approach of can we avoid using this? Can we consider alternatives? If If not, how can it be recycled or disposed on in the most responsible way? Other topics we've thought about was water management having more landscape approaches is going to be increasingly important in thinking about not just me as a business, but expanding beyond that and having a greater environmental impact by doing so. So collaborative action is really important. And then generally reviewing relevance of the standard. The leafmark standard is the only standard that we have, but it's globally relevant. It's relevant to all enterprises. So it's really important that we always keep in our mind our stakeholder group and revise it to look at that. I won't drill on, I think, too much into detail. If anyone is interested in exactly what control points have changed and a general overview of other topics, which are things like nutrient management, climate resilience, deforestation, then um, yes, I'd recommend looking at the summaries that we've got on our public consultation webpage. We've got a detailed summary that goes into the detail of all the control points and exactly what we did. And then we've also got a condensed summary, which just highlights the key topics that we addressed. And that will explain it in more detail there. But essentially, we're, we're trying to find farmer based solutions to some of the key topics and sustainability issues at our time, whilst also constantly re- evaluating what our leaf mark standard delivers and where we can improve that
0: So the consultation opened on the 17th of November. If you were to just do a rallying call about why people should get involved, Lucy, and give us their feedback, what would you say?
1: It's a chance for businesses to have their say. We as a team have tried incredibly hard to make sure that all of the requirements and the control points that we've developed are achievable, they're auditable, they're clear, and they deliver against our intended impacts. But we would really value people's opinions on that and each farming is a different context and each farm has a different perspective on on what's right and what's right for them and it's important that we hear those views because that will inform not only how we think about version 16 but how we think about all of the standard visions moving forward. So it's really important that there's that chance to comment on that and it's good to be challenged it's good that we're challenged on on what we're doing in in terms of what's achievable what's auditable and clear we've gone into this with a very clear set of criteria of what we want to achieve so we're really focused on our on our intended impacts and we want to achieve those and to achieve those we need the feedback from people to say how this applies to them and, and whether that's applying so it's right, it's the right thing to do, it's valuable for us. We hope it's also valuable for certified businesses in terms of, you know, maybe some suggestions of things that we can do that are better, but also by engaging this, you have a, anyone would have a better understanding of what we're doing and why we're trying to achieve these things, and that can help when thinking about the standard. So w- once we get
0: feedback, how does your team act upon it? What What do we do with all these comments and
1: suggestions... It's um, a really good question. I'm afraid I don't have a very whizzy tech answer, and I actually will just rely on the old faithful of Excel spreadsheets. We have a very useful and extensive Excel spreadsheet where we record everything. So, all of the comments that we get, we collate them. So, be that from ad hoc comments via email, phone call. What we do do is capture information like demographic and organization so that we know that we're getting... So we can evaluate whether we're reaching all of our stakeholder groups as necessary. And then we'll do a summary of what that comment was about, what control point it was about, or or what development project it related to. And then we have lots of discussions, lots of meetings. We'll probably group things. So if we had a lot of comments on, say, control point 6.2 or something like that, we would collate all those comments and have a discussion. Okay, well, this was the general feedback You know, are there suggestions here? Are there things that are going right? Are there things that you know we could do better? And then we we consider whether we can change the standard or whether there's we're already delivering those impacts elsewhere. So a lot of Excel spreadsheets, a lot of discussions. We'll also then run this past our technical advisory committee and think about whether we need a second consultation. That's on the cards if if needed, if we don't get sufficient feedback. So a lot of thinking and then once we've done that thinking once we've done that talking we produce a synopsis that goes out publicly ex- explaining exactly what topics of feedback we had and then how we responded to that whether that's maybe producing a guidance document or making a slight amendment to the standard so that will all be available publicly and also anyone that was involved in that consultation period will be emailed um, with that so by signing up to to the the webinars or things like that, or we're collecting that contact information so we can contact people afterwards to inform them.
0: And the consultation is running until the 17th of January. How do people get involved?
1: So uh, quite a few ways of getting involved. I think the easiest way and the way I would most strongly encourage is through a survey. So this is available on the public consultation webpage and we have two surveys just like I mentioned with the summaries, there's one that's very detailed and there's a condensed version. Equally with the surveys, there's one that's quite detailed and again, there's one that's more condensed. So whatever is appropriate to your time availability, we'd be grateful for that. But the reason they're good is because they target questions on the changes that we've made and there are also a lot of ticks of yes or no, do you agree? So it can be quite a simple process of completing and a really helpful way for us to get aggregated feedback, as well as giving you an opportunity to type comments and suggestions if you have any further thoughts. As I mentioned, we also have webinars. So we've already done one on carbon and plastics that's available on the webpage to listen back to, but we've also got two coming up. So we've got a consultation on water, collaborative action and landscape scale changes on the 16th of December. And we also have a webinar on the standard relevance changes on the 10th of January. More detail is on the website and you can sign up to register there. But the intention of these webinars is that the first 20 minutes are a communication strategy. So we'll talk through the changes in a really simplified way, explaining what we try to achieve and what we've done to do that. And then the up to 30 minutes afterwards will be an optional section for those that want to stay and provide their feedback. So again, that's a consultation strategy then as we can collect input and feedback from the members. But also feel free to contact us. So me and my colleague, Jenna Higgins, um, our email and contact information is available on that webpage again. Email us, write us a letter if you want to call us. You know, we really do want to hear your feedback and we want to hear feedback from all our stakeholders. So equally, if there's people that you maybe you're not directly Relevant to respond, but you know people who may be, please share the information about it. I know there's a lot of conversations going on, but it's we really welcome as wide a distribution as, as we possibly can get and just on that, I know we're we're reaching
0: out globally and we have translations of our survey in Italian, Spanish, French, Egyptian Arabic, and Portuguese. Just to really widen the net in terms of the scope of the people that we are able to, to gain feedback from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're an international standard. We want our consultation to be international. It's only fair that all of our stakeholders are represented as equally as we can feasibly achieve. And we're trying really hard this year to, to achieve that through yeah, translations and things like that. So it's what the consultation needs to be. Well, Lucy, I am greatly
0: looking forward to seeing the responses that we do get to the consultation. As Lucy explained, everything to do with our current consultation is on leaf.eco slash farming slash leafmark slash public consultation. Everything is on there, as well as booking up to our future webinars on the 16th of December and the 10th of January. Lucy, it has been an absolute delight to, to talk this through with you today and thank you so much for your time. And I know it's a particularly busy and frenetic time for your team at the moment, so it's much appreciated. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk about consultation and standard development. There's never enough time to talk about it, so uh, this is a great opportunity. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lucy. Bye for now.